0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders?
0: So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! To Sean Bauer had him around the waist. And the
1: Raiders' defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right.
0: JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick.
1: I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio.
0: That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that clearly get your ass out
1: here and get ready here we go
0: and now here's jt the brick
1: thanks for coming back everybody jt here in vegas hour number two of raider nation radio it's eric allen's birthday today eric allen 619 on twitter and he was just named a semi-finalist for the pro football hall of fame ea's a big part of our raider family here so reach out to him on twitter congratulate him again and wish him a happy birthday as we open up the other breaking news las vegas gets their first Final Four. We get it in 2028. So 2028, it's a while away. I get that. It is a while away, but we'll take it. And I think once you get one or two, you're going to get multiple. And that's what happened here. For everybody in Vegas who has worked behind the scenes, and there's a lot of people doing it, too many, too many to mention here, that have worked to get Vegas a Final Four, and we're going to have that in football all the time coming up. But to get it in basketball, to me is absolutely tremendous. So congratulations to Las Vegas, everybody behind the scenes who went out there and did the right thing. And also I want to mention this hour as we open it up through our friends at Remy Martin and a lot of our other partners that Mulligans and Goldfingers here in town, Mulligans and Goldfingers bars we're supporting, and they're going to have their 10th annual toy and bike drive as all donations will help support underprivileged kids in Las Vegas. Remy Martin and Mulligans want to exceed last year's total of 50 bikes. So please help crush last year's numbers with your generous donation of an unwrapped toy bike scooter by December 15th. We'll tell you all about that. That's at Goldfinger's Bar and Grill, uh, courtesy of our good friends at Remy Martin who always team up for excellence. Dave Softy-Mahler will join us here in a minute. We'll talk to him in Seattle about the Seahawks, and I like the Raiders in this matchup. I mean, nothing to lose. you got to win out if you're the Raiders. Seattle's kind of got to win out, too. I don't think Seattle is a lock for the playoffs with their remaining schedule because the Niners won last night, and I think once the Niners pass by the Seahawks, they'll stay ahead of the Seahawks. But the Seahawks have had an unbelievable draft, and maybe they're the surprise team of the year, along with the Jets and the Giants. And Seattle's coming off the bye week as they were in – uh, Germany. They are in Germany and lost to Tom Brady. So we'll play that up here. Dave Softy-Mahler joins us. He's a hurricane, a tornado, and the best sports talk host in all of Seattle. And man, Softy, wish the Raiders weren't 3-7 and because they're coming off a win and your mighty Seahawks are looking pretty good. How are you?
2: That's unbelievable, dude. When the schedule came out, we thought this was going to be a hell of a matchup between the Hawks and the Raiders, but we thought it'd be Russell Wilson versus Derek Carr, not Geno Smith versus Derek Carr. So yeah, kind of a kind of a turd of a game as far as the the matchup is concerned. But hey man, things are breaking pretty well for the Seahawks, dude. They're six and four. They got the Raiders. They got the Panthers. They got the Rams with no Cooper Cup, no Waller or Renfro this weekend for the uh, for the Vegas Raiders. So I'm telling you what, buddy, we're staring nine and four right in the freaking kisser. If they can get a win this weekend, how does 9-4 and four with Geno Smith look, man? Is that nuts or what?
1: It is nuts, and how is Geno doing it? As I told you, he was a bad backup quarterback for most of his career. I mean, this guy didn't even get a look, and when he got a look along the way, I looked at his numbers throughout his career. He wouldn't even play well enough to sustain another look there. How do you go from being a below-average backup quarterback to being the comeback player of the year? Every now and then, something stupid happens in sports like the Kurt
2: Warner story or the run that Joe Flacco went on in the playoffs with the Ravens in 2012, and I'm not saying this is even on that level, man, but this is insane what this guy's doing, and the most impressive thing about Geno Smith, he's not making mistakes. You know, we thought Geno Smith was going to be a turnover machine. Uh, He had fumbleitis when he played for the Seahawks last year when Russell Wilson went down. The guy was like Santa Claus. He just could not stop giving away the football, so... That's been the most oppressive thing for me and on top of that he's accurate. And he's not just accurate with the short stuff and the dump offs, he's accurate downfield. This football team is pushing the rock. And Geno Smith is hitting 70%, second in the NFL, behind Tua tunga So I think not only is he in the comeback player of the year conversation, he's in the freaking MVP conversation. In my mind, if these guys win 10-11 games and win the NFC West, you bet your ass he's in the MVP conversation.
1: Dave Softy-Mahler is our guest. Tell me about this draft. Because the Raiders are going to have to have a draft like this coming up after all of their first-round yeah. players of the pass regime that didn't work out. How did this happen where the Seahawks, like, threaded the needle and had a draft that everybody's talking about? Tell, walk us through these picks.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable. And they, got, they got two rookies in Charles Cross at left tackle uh, and Abe Lucas at right tackle starting. They got a rookie running back in Kenny Walker. Uh, they got a rookie in Tariq Woolen at one corner, Kobe Bryant, the rookie, at the other uh, Michael Jackson's playing nickel for them. They got Boye Mafe out of Minnesota, who's playing a bunch at outside linebacker. They got five, six rookies in this class that are either starting or playing a major role on the team, and and not just starting, but playing really well. I mean, Tariq Woolen is one of the top rated cornerbacks in the National Football League. He leads the league in interceptions, for crying out loud. He's been unbelievable. Kenny Walker, up until last Sunday's game in Germany, was a frickin' machine for the last month and a half. And that only came on when Rashad Penny got hurt. If Penny hadn't gone down with the injury, I don't think we're seeing this kind of play from K-9, from Kenny Walker. So this has been a draft so far that a lot of Seahawks fans think might resemble what they did in 2010, 11, and 12, when they got guys like Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas, Russell Wilson, K.J. Wright, uh, Russell Okum. They just killed it for three years in the draft, and then all of a sudden things kind of fell apart starting in 2013. They had no first-round draft pick that year because they used it in the Percy Harvin deal, and they drafted a guy named... I can't even freaking say his name anymore. It just makes me so sick. Kristen Michael, the running back at a Texas A&M, they drafted him one spot ahead of Travis Kelsey, and everything went to hell in a hand bucket. But now they're back because they killed it with this year's draft, man, for sure.
1: How do they – I don't want to say screw it up because I like the player in Jamal Adams and what he could bring been healthy, but everybody freaked out in Seattle with what they had to give up to get him, and then you get a lot back with Russell Wilson. So that's what amazes me about this. Jamal Adams, Russ goes, you get something in return, and then you get all of this. So, again, these Seahawks fans, and I always talk to you to get the vibe from them, many of them who are my friends – said, I'm done, I'm taking a break, I'm pissed off. I'm... No, 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 now they're all back on the bandwagon. How are you handling yeah. the bandwagon of those Hawk fans that wanted to jump off and now they're back on?
2: Well, that's how every fan base is, man. They get mad, they get angry, they want to fight back, and the only way to fight back for fans is with your wallet, right? There really is no other way to fight back. And with their wallet and with your eyeballs and your ear canals when it comes to radio and TV and buying tickets. So I get it, but yeah, man, I mean, tickets early in the year for Seahawk games, we're going for like 40 bucks. Now it's like 170 bucks to get in the door for the Raider game on Sunday at Lumen Field. But listen, man, Jamal Adams, uh, it's amazing how this defense has played without him. I don't know one Seahawk fan and haven't taken one call or gotten one text to the radio station from anybody who says they miss Jamal Adams. It's not even like he was here. We don't even think about the guy anymore because what they're getting from guys like Quandry Diggs at safety and the rest of that defense has been so unbelievable that people have forgotten about Jamal Adams. So, look, obviously they got robbed by the Jets. There's no question about that. But then they robbed the Broncos and got a better deal, I think, in return because they're not paying Russell Wilson $45 bucks a year. So, terrible deal for Denver, terrible deal for Seattle with the Jets but I think it's a net win for the Seahawks when you consider all the money they're saving on not having to pay a quarterback.
1: Dave Softie, as we wrap it up, this Raider game against Denver, look, the Raiders had six one-score games where they lost, and they finally won a one-score game, and it was a really big deal. You saw, and I hope you're talking about it on your show, this locker room celebration. It looked like just... Everybody had a 30-pound weight on their shoulder, and it came off in the locker room in Denver. It was 24 yeah. years with me with the team. I don't remember a locker room being that relaxed and happy after a win. It's been a long time coming. And what they did to Russell Wilson, they just helped cause chaos within the Denver organization. Hackett basically said, I'm not calling the plays. I think he threw Russ under the bus this week because yeah. Russ have, he threw a ball out of bounds when he just had to take a knee and would it took 40 seconds off the Raiders' comeback – what are you talking about with Russell Wilson now in Seattle and the chaos in Denver since he's left the yep. 206?
2: Well, we're talking about how the Seahawks have their draft pick, which right now is number five in the NFL. So we're in a real unique situation in that we can talk about the playoffs and talk about having a top five, top ten pick in the NFL draft. At the same time, we're talking about postseason seeding and we're talking about scouting college quarterbacks that one day could replace, you know, Smith as the starter here in Seattle. But with, with Russell Wilson, dude, this is game, set, match. If this were a Little League baseball game, they would have called this thing five innings ago. And everybody would be out eating pizza and popsicles now. This is such a slaughter for the Seahawks when it comes to the way they treated Denver. I mean, John Schneider put George Payton over his knee and he spanked him multiple times with this deal. And now it's funny to me how a lot of people around the country are criticizing Russell Wilson for his personality, for the way he behaves, for the leader he is, the teammate that he is, the way he goes about things. These are all things that we talked about when he was in Seattle, but the entire country seemed to jump on after this deal with the Broncos was made. And I just wonder if there's any fans in Seattle that actually feel bad for the guy. There's a part of me that does feel bad for the guy. I don't want the guy to start playing well because I want the Broncos to be as horrible as possible so the Seahawks can get as high a draft pick as possible. But from a personal perspective, I don't dislike Russell as a guy. Mm -hmm. I think he's a pretty good dude. He's a nice guy. But my God, uh, JT, he's getting beat to death all over social media by the national media fans are ripping this guy right and left. Bronco fans hate his guts. Seahawks (laughs) Seahawks <laughs> fans are cracking on him right and left on Twitter. It's unbelievable how things have fallen apart so fast for Russell Wilson.
1: What excites you more, a Seahawk victory or a punch in the ducks in the face as an ultimate Husky fan?
2: Dude, i got to be honest with you, man. That was freaking sweet last Saturday down there in Eugene. They took out Colorado on Saturday 54-7, but last Saturday to go down there and to rip their freaking guts out right in front of their fans to destroy their final four hopes and win that game the way that they did, and the really cool thing about it, Peyton Henry, the guy that made the game-winning field goal, he's a fifth-year senior. He missed a 37-yarder four years ago in that same stadium. And then four years later, kicking the game-winning field goal with 50 seconds left and got some retribution and some freaking revenge on Oregon. So to shut them up, and to eliminate their final four dreams, Oregon's going to be doing the same thing Washington is for the final four, watching the damn thing on TV and that makes me freaking happy as
1: hell. I'll leave you on this cuz you bring all the energy of the greatest host and guest in sports radio history. I will tell you this. <laughs> I'll tell you this and Bobby will send it to you if you if you'd like to have it for a rejoin yeah. on your show. We'll take right. we'll take Geno every day of the week. If you told me I didn't have to play Russell Wilson in Seattle in the Legion of Boom back in the day, you're giving me Geno as the Raider Nation. Like is there a glimmer of hope? Yeah, yeah. We got Geno. I'll take playing Geno in a parking lot in Seattle, yeah. in Las Vegas, or up in Oakland in front of those crazy fans. We want a piece of Geno here in Raider Nation. Hey, listen, man. You can come get Geno, but you got to deal with the
2: twelves. And here's what you're going to hear all day long on Sunday afternoon. You ready? Gino. Gino. (laughs) Gino. 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 All day long, baby. Raider Nation coming to Seattle, and it's going to hurt. Be ready for some pain.
1: There he is, Dave Softy Mahler. How good is that? Did I tell you he'd be great? He's always great. I go on his show. He comes on my show. And we are all fighting. We are all fighting to beat Gino. When the schedule came out, I was right here in the studio when the schedule came out and all the used guys, as they say in Goodfellas, all the used guys listened and called me and said, Well, JT, we got two guaranteed wins. I said, Really? Which ones? At Jacksonville, at Seattle? I said, Oh, really? You think they're guarantees? Everyone. Everyone, yep. Raiders are gonna win ten games. I eleven games, because they won ten last year. We're gonna win at Seattle. They have no one. They're playing for a draft pick and we're gonna beat Jacksonville. Those are the two locks. Those are the two locks. Lost to Jacksonville, up seventeen to nothing. I think the Raiders. I'm not in the prediction business, but I love the fact that Geno Smith is not going to play like a Hall of Famer every game. You got to go. Got to go beat Geno Smith. This is a Mad Max game. Bill in Los Angeles. Thanks for holding Bill on the flagship. Go ahead.
2: Hey Bill, uh, not a big fan of your show. Um, uh, you're, 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 you're,
1: yeah, my name's not Bill. Bill, it's your Bill. You called in, and you're not a big fan of my show. No, then get off no, the no. air. Get off the air and go call some bum and call someone else. I don't. I don't care if you're not a big fan of my show. I really don't care. I, I host a half. Fa- not everybody has to be my friend because I have real friends, not radio friends. So you don't have to like the show, but uh, you'll get about three seconds with that comment, with that intro. And again, not everybody has to like the show. Just respect it. Just respect what we try to do, put you up on the air. That was good, Bobby. A nice surprise there. And you're wearing your kiss shirt today. So that means something good. Yeah, yeah. it's warm. <laughs> you wear your Kiss sweatshirt, no doubt about it. All right, we got Marcel Reese coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll get you up on the radio show right now if you want to get through. First time, 702-365-9200. Also, I think the Raiders have put it out, or they're going to put it out, uh, when QSO starts, but listen to Q. We did Raiders Roundtable today with Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders. He stepped in for Lincoln Kennedy and was really good about the celebration what he saw and the Raider fans that were in Denver. Raider fans in Denver get a bad rap. They go, ha- they go after Raider fans hard in Denver and those Raider fans if you're one of them listening and you made that march into the building in Denver and outside, we'd like to hear from you because we know we have a robust audience in Colorado. People downloading the show, we can actually see that. 702-365 9200 there We'll talk about also Max Crosby where he stands this year Hey man, he's got more sacks than you think, and all these great plays behind the line of scrimmage. Can Max on a three and seven team so far win Defensive Player of the Year? Can he win Defensive Player of the Year if the team isn't five hundred? Probably not. But I'm all for individual stats. I think if you're individually playing great, it shouldn't matter what your team's doing. I believe that in baseball, where Andre Dawson was on a last place club team, a Cubs team, and won the MVP. I've always believed that winning. Winning doesn't matter in a single award that has to do with stats. Not everybody agrees with that. But you're not in control of your bad players or what the GM did or didn't do or maybe if the quarterback gets hurt or not. And that's not, it's not talking about Max here with the Raiders situation, but every player overall. There are individual awards in sports, and I don't think you have to win to receive those individual awards. It helps. It helps. It helps along the way, but for Max Crosby, if the Raiders don't get to 500 or they're close to 500, should that hold Max back on being the defensive player of the year if he really deserves it? I think he should be in the hunt for that. All right, Raider 27 out in sack. Go ahead. Thanks for holding. You're up next. Hey, JT. Yes.
3: I love you, and I love your show, Thank you. Thank you. We, uh, I was at the Indianapolis Colts game with a couple friends of mine, and we stopped to say hi to you and EA, and they were really amazed at how chill you guys were and down to earth and, and just how much you truly enjoy saying hi to people that come up and say hi. So I just wanted to let you know Thank how you. impressed they were. You know, I've been thinking along about how the season's gone, and I understand what they're trying to do. I really do understand, and I get the plan and everything, but I hate to see teams just blow everything up. You know, mm-hmm. if Josh wanted to change the offense, okay, change the offense, but leave Gus and his defense alone. Those guys were playing pretty good mm-hmm. by the end of the year, and you can change things a little bit at a time over a few years as opposed to blowing everything up, and then you're almost an expansion team, and the competition in the NFL is just too hard. You could just never catch up. So I've been thinking about that for a long time. And when that moron called and said he didn't like the show, JT, I just had to call. <laughs> <laughs> and make a comment and tell you Thank that you. you're the best on the radio. Thank That's you very nice.
1: much. That means a lot to me, and the uh, and I appreciate everybody who's listened all the time, and even those who don't agree. We appreciate that you're checking in. We really do. Raider Al in Vegas, man, where I got a lot of Grimaldi's cards to give away. I mean, a lot. Raider Al, how are you? What's up, JT? Hey, Al, first what's going off, on, man?
4: First off, man, put some respect on your name, man. You can go back way back, man. I'm I'm originally from the Bay Area, San Jose, been watching the Raiders. I'm born in 83, been watching the Raiders since I started looking at a TV. So, and I know you, you've been down for the Raiders for so long, man, and put some respect on JT (laughs) the Brick's name. Hey, man, just want to call in and and say, hey, man, I've been listening to you for so long, man, since the Bay Area. I moved to Vegas in '02 didn't think the raiders would follow me JT and they did and
1: uh i get that a lot they followed us here uh, it's good that they are here i commuted i commuted 17 years uh sometimes twice a week up uh, up to oakland and not a lot of people knew that and you know we miss the oakland years man we love the oakland oh, raider yeah. fans oh, are the best come on come on it's nothing it's it's uh like they say
4: it's uh a short term one of a kind it's one oak you know there's only one Oakland man, and uh, yeah, but to comment not only that man, and you're, you're you've been holding it down, JT. Uh, Appreciate it. Our Raiders, man. You know our Raiders. Hey, you know how the season's going. We we just got to stick with it, man. You know we've been we've been down and for for a while. You know we had our ups in 2016, and you know Chucky came back, and you know now we got McDaniel's in this whole regime now, and. We just got to keep going, man. Our boy DC, you know, he, he's doing what he can and uh-huh. uh the offense and we, we signed Adams, you know, we brought some guys on defense. Uh We just got to keep sticking with our guns, man. And, you know, the real Raider nation, be patient, man. We, we, yep. you, know, we, we
1: you, gotta, you, you know, you got to, you know, you got to, you I appreciate Bye. Bye. you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for the compliment, and everybody stay strong here. It's been a tough season, 3-7. and seven. No one expected that. Uh, I'm not into this light at the end of the tunnel. As We've got too much football left this year. I, I, I believe in Dave Ziegler. I believe in Josh McDaniel's plan. I do. I always believe in the team's plan. It's well thought out. Uh, a lot of bumps in the road, a lot of close losses this year, a lot of gut punch losses that really, really hurt. But now there's something to build on, and it only goes as far as beating Geno Smith and beating Seattle. This team has got to build momentum. they got to go from one win to another win and start stacking them. You can't win one and lose three, then win one and lose two, and that's what they got to find themselves in. I think they found that in Denver, spiritually and mentally. I think they found that, that they felt so good after that. They got a victory Monday off. They get off Tuesday today, unless they're getting treatment or guys are getting work in. But, you know, they come back tomorrow, and I'm going to interview the coach tomorrow, and hopefully he has a lot to tell us about this matchup and what the Raiders are excited about going forward. It's very important. Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas, proud partner of our show. Uh, Used to be Money Baby. They rebranded it Skybox. Fantastic place to watch sports. Overlooks the pool when the weather's great. They got all these television monitors. Great drink and food specials. It's on the second floor when you go to the Virgin Hotels here in Vegas. Go check it out Skybox.
0: So now set up first and 10 on the Texans 15 delayed hand up to Jacobs. huge hole at the middle 10. cuts right side five touchdown Jacobs. the hat trick in the end zone his third rushing touchdown of the day and the
1: 20 with 7.06 to go in the ballgame. Oh, that's Jason Horowitz. You'll find him on Raiders Roundtable coming up here in a little bit. If you have your alerts set up, you'll see it. You can go to YouTube and subscribe to it. Real proud to be a part of that brand-new podcast that's on the Raiders Podcasting Network, Raiders Roundtable. Cue myself, Lincoln Kennedy this week. It was Jason stepping in. He had some really good stories to tell from Denver, and everything that went on at Denver is the Raiders got to win, and it seems to be a momentum builder, but there's no momentum if you don't go through and you don't beat Seattle. You got to beat Seattle. You got to build on the win, and Seattle's a very good team. As Dave Softy-Mahler. How good was he from KJR in Seattle as he joined us and told us all about their draft picks, and it's very important that we spent a chunk of that conversation talking about how Seattle's draft changed everything. There's no rebuild. In Seattle. They were supposed to rebuild. They had that Denver high draft pick. They didn't expect. A lot of people thought Denver was going to go to the playoffs this year. So that draft pick wouldn't be great. Now it's a top five pick. And they have a really good team. And they're going to use money and free agency. And have a couple of draft picks coming in. And they by far. Seattle had the best draft. By far the best draft last year. There are a couple other teams that drafted well. And the Raiders didn't have a first and second round draft pick. As you know. They didn't have that. They got Dylan Parham, and they're excited about his ability to play and what he can do. But, you know, when you have first-round picks and you have two first-round picks and you got some money to spend in free agency and you're able to recruit and maybe sign a couple of your players, that's how teams can quickly turn it around again. That's how you turn it around again. If you're having it the year where you expect to make the playoffs, you don't make the playoffs, if you thread the needle with the draft, if you thread the needle then some good things can happen. If you don't thread the needle, then it's going to take an extra year or two, and I think that's what Dave Ziegler wants to do. Dave wants to do that, but you got to give him a little bit of time. you right. You got to give this new regime time to turn it around. The show is always better when we have Marcel Rieson. He's the senior vice president, chief strategy officer, and, man, does he have a lot happening here with Thanksgiving coming up right around the corner. Marcel, always appreciate you. How are you?
5: J.T., the man, the myth, the legend. Thanks for having me on. It's always good to hear your voice and uh, hear you holding down the fort for the nation over here on the
1: radio. <laughs> we are doing that. First off, tell us about the state football championships. You know, my kids went to Gorman. They were up north this year, but there were other teams that played at Allegiant, and I know you were there for that, and the fact that Allegiant Stadium could step up for the youth in this community and house these unbelievable state championship games. It's it's.
5: Let me tell you something, J.T., it is unbelievable. Being a, a former high school athlete myself, um, you know, we're providing something and being a part of something that, um, that most high school athletes will never be a part of. We have the greatest building in the world right now, and uh, we plan on keeping it that way, and we want to bring the youth of Las Vegas and, and these, these amateur athletes in the building to have them experience something that hopefully can, can change their lives. Um, we are very proud of our building. This building is is our home. It's the Las Vegas home. And we want our our, uh, our teenagers and our youth to experience that.
1: What is it like when they come into the locker rooms and they step on the field? You're a great high school player and a great college career, but what's it like when you look in their eyes and you see them come out of the tunnel and they're like, this is where the Raiders play, where the Rebels play. It's got to be a jolting experience for these kids, let alone their parents, to be there.
5: It's unbelievable. I stood by the tunnel for some of these uh, these walkouts when they first got on the field for the very first impression and experience of the field, and and it it first instantly goes the whoa, right? They see the shield, they see that silver and black on the field, they see our end zones, and then they step on the surface, and it's like they can't. It's almost like they can't find enough adjectives to describe what it feels like on their feet. And when you look in through that face mask and look at those kids' eyes, it's almost like you can see their dreams through their eyes. And and for me I have the chills thinking about it now because that is a beautiful thing. And and once the game concludes and you have one winner and you have one who faces defeat, you know, you can still see a sense of joy and peace in, in everyone's eyes and everyone's hearts. You got kids doing uh um you know, turf angels on the shield on the 50-yard line. It's a really, really special moment. And, um, you know, so big shout-out to our our youth football group. Um, Miles Hayes and and his team do a fantastic job working with the NIAA and all of the the, uh, high school teams in Las Vegas, our community relations team, um, our events group, Um, You know, our owner, Mark Davis, showed up to show his support to all the kids. It was a fantastic day.
1: Senior Vice President for the Raiders, Chief Strategy Officer Marcel Reese is our guest. Ever since I've known you, and especially especially since you came to Vegas, too, you and your wife have a lot to do with helping people during Thanksgiving and year-round. And I know from Mr. Al Davis to Mark Davis and your relationship that you like to do this throughout the holidays, but Thanksgiving has a real special place in your heart. Tell us about that.
5: Absolutely, Thanksgiving is, is my favorite holiday. It's a time where you're not worried about material things. Um, you're not worried about you know even current events in the world. It's a time where you can just give back and enjoy the people who are sitting around a table and enjoying a wonderful meal prefer- prepared by your loved ones, shared with your loved ones. And uh, it's that time where you really get a sense of reflection and to say you are thankful for being on this earth and living and you are thankful for the people who are around you. Um, so I love Thanksgiving. Um, you know, My wife and, and my kids and myself, we always you know, find that community that needs us, that, that needs something, and, and we want to just help them out. We want to we embrace them. Mark Davis made a commitment in 2017 that Las Vegas was getting more than just a football team, but they were getting an Army. And uh, this is all a part of it. It's not just about one day. This is just the next day and step for us to to continue to love Las Vegas and embrace Las Vegas and tap into these communities who are sometimes forgotten but just not a part of the Raider. But they they don't get forgotten by us. They're a part of the Raider Nation, and we love everyone, and we'll make sure we tap into them all.
1: Marcel Reese joins us, turkey time with the old line. So for everyone's safety, all visitors will be in their vehicle to receive the boxes filled with turkeys and fixings. And this is fantastic. <laughs> first come, first serve, drive-through activity at Allegiant Stadium. So tell us all about this Lot G as we get this going from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. or until all 600 meal boxes have been distributed. This is a big deal. It even goes back to Donald Penn in the offensive line with this tradition years ago.
5: Exactly. This is a tradition that, that, that we uh, that we started with our offensive line way back in, in uh, Alameda, and we had them coming through the facility. You know, it's almost like a uh, it's just a line and open up the car. We drop things off and, and tell them we love them and and just win, baby. And it, it turns out to be so fantastic because we strip down the helmet, they, the offensive line. They strip down their helmets, they strip mm-hmm. down their their gear, and they're able to just give out wonderful meals to all these families. Um, you know, we're going to be at, they're going to be at Allegiant Stadium. It's the beautiful silver and black building <laughs> when you're driving on the freeway. And over in Lot G, and it's going to be a fantastic time. We have a ton of volunteers from over here at the Raider headquarters who are going to be involved along with our uh, current offensive linemen. And uh, we always throw a couple running backs in the mix because the running backs and O line were kind of uh, inseparable. And it's just going to be a fun time. It's going to be a great time. And, and we doubled up the meals this year because there was such a high demand and uh, it, it, it's going to be fantastic, and we're we're really looking forward to tapping into to the community and the, and all the families that come out.
1: Hey, finally, on a personal note, as a senior vice president now, chief strategy officer, your relationship with Mark Davis before that, Al Davis. How has this evolved for you in your personal life? Because you have access to the players, the locker room, the organization, the coaches. And obviously, I know you walk the hallways to sales, and you talk to everyone in the building in your role. And, you know, this has been a tough season at 3-7. and seven. You played at a high level and expect winning, like Mark Davis. How's it been for you and this team as this team is trying to evolve and get more wins? You know, it's... It... It, i I tell people all the time if it, we're
5: it's not there's no time there's not a time for reflection right now right now is the time to grind mm-hmm. um, this is the, the NFL season is hard and the NFL season is a marathon you know when we're looking at where we stand right now we still have 10, 10 and seven on the table We mm-hmm. still have a double digit win on the table and I think that's the outlook that we all need to have and it's time for everyone you know fans coaches, players alike to look themselves in the mirror, and make a decision, and say we're doing everything in our power to be ten and seven at this point because that is the record that we have the ability to earn at this point and stage of the season, and uh, that's what we're going to go do. Uh, it's all about work, J.P., uh-huh. You know that, and it, and it, and the work never stops. You know, and this is the, I I really believe in this team. I think this team is is extremely extremely close uh, to being really special, and I'm excited to see them put it all together and make it work.
1: I know you got a long day, long night in front of you. Thanks for making time for us. We'll see you real soon, and and thank everyone in the organization, please. I know a lot listen, and the Raider Nation's listening for not only all you do, but the staff does, especially turkey time with the O-line, with everything at Allegiant Stadium, with these high school games, and and going forward and making this community better. We really appreciate you, Marcel.
5: This, I appreciate you, JT, for having me on, and this is a huge holiday season for us all. We have Max Crosby distributing gift cards for turkeys over at Griffith Elementary School and other things and meals. We have Tashon Bauer and Nate Hobbs uh, coming in together and donating for Thanksgiving meals. And even our Raiderettes, who who love and are always in the community, are teaming up with Smith to produce uh, Thanksgiving meals uh, that the squad members will, will hand out on Thursday morning on Thanksgiving morning. So it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic holiday season and we want all of las vegas to know we love them uh our partners three square are helping us distribute meals so it's going to be a really fun time it's going to be a great time and uh it's going to be a wonderful holiday season
1: well these partnerships three square and everybody else man just amazing all the work that went in to build these great partnerships see you soon thanks for coming on i'll talk to you
5: just yes, Lynn, baby appreciate you, <laughs> you got
1: it marcel reese wow what a career he's had in a life that they've had and he's a very humble guy very humble guy, and if you think about what Marcel has done after becoming a pro bowl, perennial pro bowl fullback, the relationship he has with Mark Davis, the role that he has with the organization, and now he's at senior vice president, chief strategy officer. I always say this about Marcel when I see him around. If you want to take your kids and point to someone and say, hey, that's what I want my kid to be, or to have an opportunity if you have a son or a daughter who's an athlete, and then the, their career comes to an end, If they're a pro or a college player and say, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Marcel Reese is one of those guys that his community outreach is really strong. And he's a face of the organization. There's a lot of faces of the organization. We have a great new president. We have other people that help build this to get it here. I talk about everybody on the show. I've been with the team 24 years. All of these relationships matter. And Marcel Reese uh, coming out of his way today because Allegiant Stadium is going to have turkey time tonight, 6 100 meals. So if you need a meal, if you're in that situation and you can help, Allegiant Stadium is going to be rocking tonight. Quick reminder, first come first serve, drive through. The activity will take place at Allegiant Stadium in parking lot G from 4:30 to 7:30 or until all 600 meal boxes have been given away. So you should get there, should enter at gate 9 from Dean Martin Drive. And uh, please help out people right here in the community as we continue. Ed in Vegas, you're up next on the flagship. Hello, Ed. Ed, Hello. are you there? Go ahead, Ed. Go ahead. We got
5: you. I got a quick question for you, um, JT. You do a good job, right? And I like how you when you when the fans call or whatever, you tell them don't make it personal because I listen to the pregame and after, and I think that we need to support our team a little bit better because. I think we get on Derek Carr a little bit too much because I'm not a football player. And I don't think I can read four playbooks. That's like a like a folder binder,
6: mm-hmm. and he
5: has did that with four or five coaches. So I do think we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I also think too that maybe you can help me out with this. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like to me that the receivers and Derek Carr, besides um, um, Defonte Adams, are they on the same page? That's all I really got to say about
1: okay. that. Please. Yeah, I don't think – right. I pre- appreciate the call. Thank you. Your phone's breaking up. A couple of things. People need to have thick skin in our business here, which I don't. <laughs> Some people have more. Bobby's, Bobby's laughing. Uh, but when it comes down to the criticism of the quarterback or, you know, being hard on this team on a pregame or postgame show, it comes with the business. We just had Marcel Reese on. He told you about this team. It's about winning. It's about winning every game. Okay, when you lose, it's hard. It's hard to win in this league. and We understand what the fans have been through. That's, a, that's why I think it's great we have this flagship because we understand what you're going through. We don't have to agree on anything. We don't. But we have to understand what the players, coaches, and the fans are going through. And I think we got a pretty good idea of that this year. The coach has been getting hammered. I keep telling you that the coach is a great guy. That doesn't seem to resonate with everybody. I don't understand how that doesn't resonate with everybody. You can criticize him for everything. But if I say, hey, when I sit down with the guy, he's a really good guy. He's a dad. He's a husband. He really wants to be a part of this community. And some fans are on message boards like, no, that doesn't matter. So if that doesn't matter, okay, I know you're pissed off about the record. But these are human beings and people that are desperate to win for you. And when it doesn't go right, you can look at it two ways. You could get more upset about it. You can understand it. or well, you don't have to partake. You know, we want people to partake on the show, but you don't have to. You can just sit back and go, I'm going to see how this plays out. Fortunately, most Raider fans have strong opinions about what needs to be fixed and how the team can win. And we really appreciate that here. I'll never forget that. Uh, Felix in North Hollywood. Man, the, they yes, the, sir. The, Felix, the cat logo there, also in Los Angeles. Go ahead, Felix. What's happening?
5: Yeah, I was at the game on uh, Sunday, and yeah. uh,
1: the, the atmosphere,
5: it wasn't rowdy. You because know, I've been to Oakland, been to Vegas, been here to SoFi, but it was like you had the feeling because the both records of both teams are not where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So you, you didn't get like, I mean, I've been to a, you know, when the Chargers were doing good at Qualcomm, you know, once in a while you have that like rivalry in the fan base, but this, there was nothing, you know what I mean? Like, hey, Raiders, dude, that's about all I got.
1: Well, that's good because yeah, right? there's, uh, you know, Steph McKenzie and other people here that we work with who you might not know. You know, there have been times where there's been snowballs. There's been aggression. There's been, well, I'm happy you went to a game and there was none of that. Maybe maybe it was deflated because Russell Wilson and the Broncos aren't winning and the fans are not as, as loud as they used to be.
0: Well, yeah.
3: and then, you know, both teams'
5: records, like I said, are not the par mm-hmm. So, you know, but, but the overtime, oh, my God. But after when they hit that touchdown to Tay. All you heard was Raider fans going,
6: Raiders!
3: Raiders! Go,
1: thank you. Appreciate it. I think if you can walk out of a game when your team wins a game, they're not supposed to win or it's even, and you walk out, is there anything better than being a fan walking out of the opposition field or stadium when you win, your team wins, and they lose, and 60,000 or 70,000 fans wait to the last play and you get to walk out with them as the winner? I mean, I've done this. When I say hundreds of times, probably hundreds of times, especially with the Yankees, where all the games I've been to, I walk out of Anaheim, Yankees lose in the ninth on a walk-off base hit, and I'm walking to my car in Anaheim with the Yankee hat on, and all these knuckleheads are screaming at me, yelling, go home, go home, and you know, that happens, that's what's, That's why you need to be a fan the best fans, if they can afford to do it, travel to see their team. I want to give a shout-out, and someone tell them we're talking about this He usually listens. Gorilla Rilla, Violator, Senor, Cisco. You know, every one of the Raider Nation, the Black Hole, who travel and go to these games, a lot of them text me when they're on the road. And I you always see Gorilla Rilla hanging out. you know how much it cost him? you have any idea what it cost him and his wife? Thousands of dollars to go on these trips. Hotel rooms, tickets, food. You know, back and forth to the airport. That's why these people walk around like they're royalty, and they should. The Raider fans treat them like royalty because they understand how much they spend to be a super fan. Fish is in Berkeley. Nice Thanks for checking in, Fish. What's happening? JT. whoo! Like I said,
6: post game, I'm going to savor my Thanksgiving meal, baby. What an astounding victory! And yes. I, uh, I do want to be the guy that said I told some people so. I gave you three keys, and my goodness, those three keys unlock three doors, baby. Energy on defense. Run, 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 then boom, over the top. Okay, and special teams. Wow. I'm just a prisoner of the moment. I just caught you on a commercial. I don't even know what the hell we're talking about, Mm -hmm. but it's a safe assumption to think we're talking Raiders and a Victory Tuesday. I'm going to savor this until tomorrow, and then it's on to the Seahawks and... I think I've put together enough pennies, and I'm going to panhandle, hitchhike, or drive somehow by hook or crook, get my way up to the kingdom. I mean, whatever the hell the name of the field is, and root
1: for my Raiders in Seattle. Raiders! That's a great road trip if you can go to Seattle. I always tell you, preseason, we were up there for six or seven years in a row, or six out of eight seasons, for the fourth preseason game. And I never heard a place louder. Preseason! was like nfl regular season it's hard to play there i'll talk about that with coach mcdaniels tomorrow we'll have that exclusive interview and we'll play it tomorrow probably play it on friday as we're off we'll have some specialty programming in here as we're with our family during thanksgiving and then get right back to the pregame show the pregame will be at the m resort spawn casino eric allen and myself coming off thanksgiving we'll wrap it up on the other side and talk about ea and the milestone
0: Left wing circle face-off for the Knights and Jack Eichel scores right from the draw to tie the game. Five oh eight to go in the second period after a left circle face-off win for the Knights.
1: That goes top right corner by Demko. Golden Knights radio. What a game that was. Knights were trailing by two goals, four two, and then they storm back. Let's get to the Smith goal, Bobby. Let's do that one that tied it up at four. This is when that game was completely out of control. I'm on my couch. It's 2-1 going into the third period. Then on, seems like every rush, there's a goal. Carlson
0: blocks the forward pass from Demko. It goes behind. so sneaks it in front. Smith banging away. Score! The Knights have tied it. so to
1: Smith. with 11 minutes to go in the third period. And then one of the wildest things I've ever seen. The Knights score on a stone goal, but they disallowed the goal because they were clearing the puck along the top, and it hit the glass and hit a photographer's lens. And the photographer's lens came out on the ice as the Knights scored, and they replayed it, and they replayed it a while. And you see this little object come out onto the ice, and they disallowed the goal. And I said to my wife, I said, oh, no. They're gonna lose for that. They can't lose for that, but they come back. Petrangelo, what a season he's having.
0: Stevenson taps it for Martinez. Back to the left. Stevenson in the circle. It's Stone. The righty side of the net. Petrangelo, he scores! Alex Petrangelo! And the Knights take the lead five to four.
1: That was incredible there. So they are able to hold on and win. Final call. This is one of the best victories of the year for the Golden Knights. Down two goals. Everything going crazy. The game getting out of control. They fight back to win.
0: Right circle draw. Horvat wins it from the draw. Quick shot. Shoulder save. Puck to the corner. And the Knights kill the clock. This one's over. Three straight goals to finish this one for the Knights. They defeat
1: the Canucks 5-4. Incredible. Dan Duva on the call. That's a huge win. So you got New Jersey that I think won 13 in a row. Boston's on fire. And the Vegas Golden Knights out west. It's a special year. I think I'm going to the game, or I believe I'm going to the game tomorrow. Got to figure that out. And then Thanksgiving. So we got a big show tomorrow, everybody. Big show. Jump on board. We have several guests we're putting together. We'll get you more preview of the Seattle Seahawks. We're excited about that. Q's on deck. We already knocked out a podcast today. We're excited about it, Raiders Roundtable. I know Q's got a big show. Thanks to all of our guests today and Bobby for putting the show together. And thank you for listening on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio.